Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Each of us begins in the nude, it's true. In most of those early photographs, we are naked, wandering around the neighbor's backyard with a bucket, sitting in a river looking up, waving through an open window. It seems expected of us to be in the nude. Our legs are bandy and soft, our arms are rolls of fat. Our face doesn't belong to us yet, all we really own are our eyes. We're greedy with them, we look and look, gobbling up our parents and brothers and pets with our eyes, looking at everything but ourselves. The self is a place where things are got, food, touch, sleep. And our conviction is that the world exists to give things to us. We call that world into being each time we open our eyes. We laugh now about how unselfconscious we were then and how easy it was to be in the nude. There are photographs of us running naked, hands bunched as we tilt forwards, amazed. We don't remember being amazed. We don't remember arriving in a doorway, naked, and glaring up at a taller person who must have raised a camera to her face. At some point in memory, days begin to grow out of fragments. The days sharpen and become facts. Always, this point is during summer, at the sea, when our hunger rose up cleanly inside our stomach, like a rock out of the water. And we weren't afraid to swim out to it. We ate and ate. It's the sea year, said our mother, stroking our arms, at the same time as stroking our brothers. Many arms stretched towards her. Our arms were long and thin and covered in soft blonde hair like thistledown. Our fingers seemed prehensile. Our arms and hands grew at a much faster rate than the rest of us, as if forever reaching out to be stroked. By the time we were eight years old, our arms hung halfway down our legs. What became of our friend? We had one special friend who came with us on holidays, she and her older sister. We sat with our friend on the banks of the lagoon beside a mangled tree stump, which was our boat, or our horse, for riding over crabs at low tide. Naked, we crouched on the beach and scooped the sand out of the lagoon bank. Using our shoulders and forearms, we dug handful after handful and smoothed it over our arms and legs, over our faces and into our hair, slowly charring ourselves black, the game we called witches. We ladled a large silken scoop onto our heart and watched it drift down our chest and belly and between our legs. Postcard neat, legs splayed in front of us, charred peninsulas. The beach is uncompromised, the streams that ran into our lagoon had pretty scalloped edges. The further towards the land the streams ran, the slower the water moved and the darker the sand became. It had the greenish tinge of frog skin. It was a rough beach with dinosaur bones of wood, 
lying all around the river mouth where it was too fast moving to cross, and mohawks of flax growing all over the hills. The beach belonged to us in a way that no place has belonged to us since. A city or a town cannot belong to us. We've decided never to go back to this beach because it will have changed beyond memory and this will be distressing or it will be empty and this will be worse. The lagoon gone, signposts now only posts, cabins lifted away to reveal crabgrass, threadbare in the sand. The sea replaced with a thinning tarpaulin held down by rocks. We remember our friend's skin, salamander skin. All over she was smooth and hairless with a white belly, dimply bottom and feet that banged the ground. When she ran indoors, the furniture rattled and her mother would look up from her book and cigarette, murmuring gently about the need to slow down, sit still, please. Our friend would assume a terrible silence. Then the storm would come. Shut up, get lost. You're all bastards and bitches. Sometimes she would hit both her parents and they would grip her arms and hold on tight as if keeping her from blowing away. We watched these exchanges with fear and admiration. What would happen if we behaved like this? We felt excited in advance. We looked forward to turning into a teenager one day when we would be entitled to shout and slam doors and be hated by our parents. Our friend was covered in faint gold freckles, as if she'd grown on a tree. Her hair was a thin orange. Ours was mousy, and in winter it was coarse and dark. Our mother called it golden, but in our heart we knew. On the beach it didn't matter. In our witch costume, we looked the same as our friend, with our black sand hair and black-rimmed fingernails. We reclined with our friend on the sand, Two stinking seals, barking with laughter. We know of no other time in our life when our body felt this inconsequential. Our arms and legs were light because our bones were hollow. Our body knew two states best, moving fast and lying still. It had no use for anything else. We could have lain right in the middle of the beach, camouflaged in the sand, and no one would have glanced at us, only our blinking eyes might have given us away, but they could have passed for shells, especially our friends, which were the shining grey-blue of power. Ours, of course, were the colour of snails. We can't pinpoint a moment when we learned that the nakedness could not go on, the moment when we looked down at our body and saw what it was. We say to ourselves now that it must have been a gradual change. It must have been a creeping awareness of temperature and shadow and weight, in the same way that the cold comes on when the sun drops behind the sea, a soft grey net comes down. We must have begun to look at our body, to find it from the corners of our eyes, to see if it moved differently under our watch. It did. Our body walked too quickly, as though a tailwind was pressing it forwards, and then sometimes, very early in the morning, it turned into the clay beneath sand and paralysed us, and a second body sat on our chest. At night, our body walked around, taking us outside to the woodpile, or to the foot of our parents' bed, where we woke to find ourselves deep in conversation. Our body tried to fold up at the first sign of danger, as if disappearing into a shell, not realising that the shell, too, was our body, that it was a thing both apart from 
and forever clinging to our backs. There must have been a last time, even if we didn't know it then. We must have stood up on the beach, covered in sand, and felt suddenly heavy, as if wearing many layers of petticoats. Immediately, the sand began to slide down our skin, and we'd have known that soon it would become lace. Our friend was laughing. The measure of a person was how funny they were, and our reaction was always to laugh too, helplessly. The black sand made the openings of her face seem new, her mouth as pink as a conch, her eyes lashless. She was as if smoothed by many years of wind and rain and sand. Perhaps it was then that we became afraid that she was looking at us, our bodies showing too much through the sand. So we started running. We must have felt our sand costume lifting and falling around us, pattering behind our feet, our witch skirts clinging to our legs. Rings of sand flew off our fingers. When we finally tipped into the water, our costume was almost all gone, but then it must have lifted away completely. We felt it lift and become a cloud in the water. Our eyes opened. As soon as we came to the surface, we would be faced with the question of how we would get back to the cabins and tents without being seen like this. We stayed under the water for as long as possible, holding our breath tight like a fist, fighting our buoyancy. I have decided to begin breathing noisily again when I am puffed, rather than trying to conceal the breathing. In the past, I must have decided that breathing noisily when puffed was a sign of weakness, and that anyone who noticed the noisy breathing would say to themselves, that woman is unfit. I can't remember how or why I decided this, but it might have been something to do with climbing a mountain while on a school trip, and a boy was lagging up the mountain behind everyone else, breathing noisily, and the person beside me muttered, John is unfit. As we turned to watch, John crept very slowly towards us, crab-like with his huge pack, and his eyes were lowered as he breathed noisily. It might have been that, or it might have been something else, such as climbing some steps with my mother, or a combination of things. For years now, I have tried to quiet my breathing when puffed, by letting the breath out thinly, like a slow leak from a puncture, or even pretending that it was a sigh, as if I had just remembered an important task. So, whenever I was riding my bike up one of the many hills that I ride up each day, I tried not to move my mouth too much, because this would betray my noisy breathing. I also tried to maintain an unflustered, slightly bored expression, as if I was making so little effort that I could mentally absent myself from the scene. I didn't want to attract the attention of any of the people walking up and down alongside the road, especially not anyone who would recognise me and who might say to themselves, Ashley Young is unfit. One of my bigger fears, and one that I thought about every day, was that an old boyfriend of mine, who I know goes to the university, would be passing in a bus and would look out the window and see me there at the roadside, breathing noisily. She has got unfit, he would think to himself. I suppose this might still happen. I am slightly puffed after walking the three flights of steps from my flat to the street with my bike over my shoulder. I am averagely puffed when I begin the climb towards the university. I am very puffed 
when I get to the top of the terrace, and I am extremely puffed by the time I'm creeping through the roundabout at the top of the parade beside the university. I use a last bit of energy to throw my arm sideways to signal the turn. When I'm locking up my bike, I am so puffed that it feels like my lungs have turned into a pair of excited dogs and they're jumping up and down trying to feed on the air. My lungs pour and salivate at the air, tearing bits out of it like stuffing. By now, I am defeated. Anyone who walks down the path behind me will see a woman untangling a bike lock while breathing, not just noisily, but extravagantly on a breathing spree. And the thought will probably come to them, even just for a second, before it is swept up by a stream of other thoughts. That woman is unfit. Sometimes I've been stuck behind slower-moving male cyclists who I could tell were breathing noisily, but I still have not been moved to allow myself to do the same. Once I had a slow crash when a woman in a parked car opened her door into my path, but even that didn't remind me that there were more important things to worry about than my breathing. Last week, a couple of teenage boys shouted abuse at me when I was just at the steepest, most difficult part of the hill, and I didn't have enough air in my lungs to shout abuse back. But even that didn't make me think I should let myself breathe noisily as required. Today, nothing in particular happened to make me decide to breathe noisily again when I'm puffed. So, just as I'm not sure why I decided that I had to breathe quietly, I'm now not sure why I have decided that I don't have to. I pushed my bike through the gate, and my cat, Jerry, immediately came running out from under a tree, screeching at me. He screeched loudly and continuously as he ran down the steps just in front of my feet. I leaned my bike against the fence and put its special bicycle raincoat on, which is always more difficult than I think it will be, like putting a pair of pants on a car. Then I came inside and lay down on the floor and breathed noisily until I was no longer puffed. All this time, Jerry was prancing around me, screeching for food, and maybe, I hope, because he was glad to see me. Maybe it felt like enough time had passed and that I could breathe now. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.